The Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association presents Top of the Stretch, a podcast that looks at harness racing in the Buckeye State. Top of the Stretch is presented by Tizwiz. Be the best, outperform the rest. When only the best is good enough, horse owners look to Tizwiz Nutrition. Your horse is an individual with its own needs suitable for its lifestyle, whether it's racing or relaxing. For over 60 years, Tizwiz has strived for nutritional excellence, delivering products that make a difference. There is a nutritional reason for everything that is put into Tizwiz feed. Take your racing stable to another level with Tizwiz. See the complete line of Tizwiz feeds at tizwizfeeds.com. Tizwiz, feed the best, outperform the rest. With us today on Top of the Stretch, a gentleman who has four different licenses from the state of Ohio. A gentleman who oversees 12 county fairs in the state of Ohio, part of the Ohio Fair Racing Conference. We welcome to our broadcast today, Bill Peters. Glad to be here. Now, to start off with, there are several racing conferences, uh, so to speak, in the state of Ohio. Uh, What are those uh, various uh, organizations? Great. Well, there are the uh, Home Talent Colt Circuit, uh, the Southern Valley Colt Circuit, and the Ohio Colt Racing Association. And then the one that I'm involved with is the Ohio Fair Racing Conference, which is the newest of all the, the four conferences. Now, the Ohio Fair Racing Conference got started, what, in 2014? That's correct. That was uh, We actually got uh, together uh, in the fall of uh, 2013, after the 2013 season, and the eight fairs of the old Northwestern Ohio Colt Racing Association, uh, the five fairs of the Buckeye uh, Super Stake Circuit, three of the fairs uh, of the old North uh, uh, Northern Circuit, uh, and then a, uh, one of the fairs from the uh, Western Ohio Colt Racing Association uh, was it, what was in our original group too. Are there any fairs in the state of Ohio that are not members of one of these four organizations? Uh, no, all 66 are. Uh, Delaware was the last one uh, to join. Delaware had been an independent. Delaware County had been an independent until 2015. In 2015, uh, they joined the Ohio Fair Racing Conference, and at that time, all all 66 fairs uh, have uh, harness racing belong to to a circuit. Now, the Ohio Colt Racing Association, 20 fairs, 15 from the home talent. We've got 10 in the Southern Valley Colt Circuit. Your Ohio Fair Racing Conference is the largest with 21 fairs, right? That is correct. Uh, we, have the, we have the most fairs of any of the conferences. Uh, the Ohio Colt Racing Association last year uh, took in the, uh, Western Ohio, the Western Ohio Colt Racing Association ended uh, and all the fairs of the Western Ohio Colt Racing Association joined the Ohio Colt Racing Association, which brought their membership to 20 fairs. Now, with your 21 fairs in the Ohio Fair Racing Conference, uh, are you in charge of all 21, or you got somebody helping you? Uh, I'm in charge of 12 of them, and Todd Brown is in charge of the other nine. Todd Brown also uh, uh an individual, a harness racing family. Did you grow up in a harness racing family? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, my 
I, my uh, well, first uh, per participant was my uncle Kermit. Uh, he, he first raced horses in 1956, and then my uh, granddad uh, Earl uh, uh, joined him the next year in 1957. Uh, then uh, my dad uh, Willard and my two oldest brothers uh, Earl S. and and Bob uh, they joined in 1960, uh, and then that, which was the, also the first year that I started announcing races was 1960, and then I. Uh, first became a, a member of the uh, United States Trotting Association in 1962 when I had my first racehorse. Now let's go way back into your childhood. What was the first thing that you remember about harness racing? Uh, the first thing I remember, I believe, was in uh, 1952 uh, at the Defiance County Fair at Hicksville uh, when my dad uh, drove uh, a, a mule. They had mule races or donkey, maybe. I guess, I guess they were donkey races. Uh, you may remember Dick Fissle that raced horses. Well, Dick, before he got into racing horses, took uh, donkeys around to the fairs and would have uh, people, uh, local citizens, uh, drive in the uh, donkey races. And uh, my dad, I remember, drove in 1952, and, and he won. He won the race with, uh, with a donkey uh, of Dick Fissle's. Now, you and I both started announcing races in 1960, but we also have another connection, and you mentioned Defiance, uh, the old uh, Mid-Ohio Conference, uh, Wilmington College, where I was uh, at school, and you went to Defiance, right? That is correct. Uh, and our uh, paths across uh, for the first time, I think, at, at Wilmington College, uh, probably in 1964, uh, when I was a member of the Defiance College Yellow Jackets basketball team, and you were the public address man uh, for the Wilmington Quakers. And Defiance always beat the living daylights out of Wilmington. I remember that. Well, I, I think maybe that year you might have beaten us. I think Wilmington may have, may have got the better of us that, that particular year, as I recall. So uh, we were down maybe a little bit that year, but I think before that probably you, you probably were right. Uh, the Defiance probably uh, beat you. Uh, and then I also uh, was a member of the baseball team. We, we uh, uh, our, In fact, our baseball coach was a Wilmington graduate, Kirk May, who may have been in college at, at Wilmington maybe when you first started at, at Wilmington. Uh, and Kirk knew, was the I, was the baseball coach. I knew Kirk me well. Went to college with him, and uh, he was uh, I think a couple years older than I am, but uh, I do remember him well, and I do remember that he went on to coach up at Defiance. Uh, right, and then later became uh, the uh, director of player personnel for the Washington Redskins when those uh, great Washington Redskins teams were uh, were in existence. Uh, he was the one that put them together. Right. What does county fair racing in the state of Ohio mean to the sport of harness racing overall? Uh, I think it means a great deal. Uh, with uh, 66 fairs uh, racing, that uh, that, that brings uh, the uh, the sport to a lot of different areas of the, the state. Uh, where other states that, that, that do not have so many fairs, uh, maybe only a limited uh, area where they have a commercial track really gets the exposure to the sport. Uh, but we have exposure throughout the state. Now, the Ohio Fair Racing Conference, and it said you're in charge of 12 of the 21 fairs. When does your work actually start, or does it ever end? On, uh, <laughs> it, I think that's a better way of saying it. It, it, it really never ends. 
it, it never ends. Um, my, my guess my season really starts probably uh, the first of the year. We have uh, the first week in January is always the uh, Ohio uh, Fair Managers Convention. And I, I always go there, and along with uh, Renee Mancino and Susan Schroeder, we, we speak to the, the fairs. And we start putting our schedules together uh, first for the for the stake races, the two-year-old and three-year-old Colton Philly stakes, uh, because we have to uh, get our stakes guide together uh, in February. So, therefore, we, we have to get our dates from all the fairs when, when they plan to race their, their two- and three-year-old Colt, uh, Colton Phillies. And then uh, soon after that, then we have to get their the fair's uh, overnight race programs put together for the Huff's Guide, uh, which has to be done uh, usually uh, uh, late in February. That has to be done so it comes out in March. And then, the and then we start getting ready for the season. <clears throat> as, the, as the years progress, there's fewer and fewer overnight races at the county fairs, and it's basically stake racing. Uh, do you think overnights will ever return uh, – Big time on the well, county fair circuits. Uh, well, we're we're really kind of moving somewhat uh, to the signature series races, uh, which are for four year olds and up. Uh, we uh, on both the pace and trot, and then also we're uh, several fairs have the Spring Haven Farm ladies ladies driving series, uh, where the ladies uh, all all uh, female drivers. Uh, those races seem to be f- filling in most of the overnight races. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, the other uh, overnight races are are not going to be uh, around uh, all that much longer because I think, first of all, the, the, uh, the fairs really can't afford to put a, a great deal into the purses of them and the, the, the expenses for horsemen, for uh, veterinary work, uh, uh, shoeing and feed, uh, it's hard for them to, to race in uh, races with those kind of purses anymore. Uh, your involvement does it also include working with the uh, various county fair boards and their speed committees? Oh, certainly. Uh, I'm I'm in con- constant contact uh, with the the speed superintendents, and then oftentimes also with the the fair treasurers, fair secretaries, and sometimes the fair presidents. Uh, uh, and uh, because the the funding is a is a is a big thing, and they're they sometimes it's uh, especially if people aren't are kind of new to it, it it's sometimes confusing to them because we, they get money uh, from uh, basically three different sources. They, they get money from the Ohio Fairs Fund, uh, which which is the money comes from the Ohio Department of Agriculture, and then they get money from the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association, and then they get money from their their, their own circuit, whatever circuit they're in. So and and you have to tell them how that money can be spent. Uh, and and so on. Now, Paulding uh, kicking off racing here in Ohio uh, Tuesday and Wednesday coming up. Uh, when did your work begin after the, the, the program has all been set up and everything? When do you start taking entries and follow us through that process from the taking of entries to the actual races that take place at the fair? Okay. Uh, I think it was about uh, – uh, eight or seven, eight years ago, uh, the United States Trotting Association uh, introduced online entries, and this uh, uh, really kind of revolutionized the taking of entries, uh, where horsemen can enter their horses 
uh, online. Uh, and probably at this time, I'm going to say we get about 70% of the, the entries are made online. The other 30% are are by phone. Uh, but this, first of all, for the online entries, uh, I have to set them up on on the USTA's uh, in their USDA's e-track system, uh, putting in uh, a condition sheet for for each race that the fair offers, and then uh, once that, and I usually do that. A n- normal year, I do all of them uh, in the about the middle of May for all all twelve fairs that which I'm responsible for. Uh, but this year, with the uh, coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, uh, it brought uh, knowing that we're going to be making uh, have to make different adjustments this year. Then uh, I didn't. I'm just doing them kind of one fair at a time uh, because seeing uh, to find out just what the fair is going to offer as far as races. Some of the fairs, as far as I know, all my fairs are going to race, but some of them are going to uh, eliminate some of the overnight races from the program. So that's one. Before you, you can never have the online entries, they have to be set up in the e-track system, and then uh, the 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 entries close uh for the races uh 3 days before the race so like for Paulding's Tuesday night races uh they will close on Saturday uh, and then uh for Wednesday's races close on Sunday the and then the the online entries you, once the the day the day of the entries uh, close you take those entries out that are on the online and then you wait for the uh wait for the uh the phone calls to become sometimes people call before that you sometimes you get the phone calls before the day of entry which is fine uh it doesn't make really difference to me when they call in as long as they get called in by 10 o'clock uh the, the closing time uh, on entry day uh, and then once the uh once the entries are in then you have to figure out uh, how many divisions of each race there are and so on and then go through the draw process uh, once the draw process is done uh, then you have to put the the entries uh, and races into the uh, the e-track system again to come up with the the race program itself. Now, when we actually get to the fairgrounds and you've got all that work completed, your job's still not done because then you have to get any driver changes and scratches, equipment changes, and things like that, right? Right. Uh, well, the first thing probably is the entry fees. Uh, the, the horsemen uh, have to get the entry fees from them. Uh, uh, if they didn't uh, uh, have the, if they're not having their Lasix administered, if they have a horse on Lasix and it's not administered there at that particular track, and they haven't done by their home veterinarian, uh, we, I have to uh, take their their Lasix slip in. Uh, some of them may not have had, may have a Coggins test that needs to be uh, updated, so we have to uh, update some Coggins tests there uh, at that time. Uh, and then, as you said, uh, driver changes and driver assignments and, and scratches uh, are a big thing, too. Now, after that process, we finally get to the actual race itself, and you call that race, but your job is still not done at the county fairs, is it? Right. Well, the, the checks, have to be, uh, checks have to be written uh, for, the, uh, for the races and then uh, distributed, Okay. And then, uh, luckily, and then uh, the, the, the charter uh, puts in the, the results uh, of its affairs. So the so the char- charter has the the duties of not only charting the races but also putting in the results. Now, with the scheduling of the county fairs all over Ohio, there's some that race uh, very close to each other. So actually, you might be working on uh, the races at Paulding and such and starting the process at another county fair, right? 
Right. Uh, in fact, I have some fares that overlap, uh, and once in a while I have to rely on my wife to, to take the entries. Uh, I, I may be going off to, to one fare for the races and while well, the entries are coming in for another fare. Uh, but she's very capable and is able to take the entries. But, but again, uh, uh, today, uh, as they say, probably 70% of them are online. Uh, there aren't so many phone calls for to take anymore. With COVID-19, this has affected the way that we race this year, not only at the paramutual tracks, but at the county fairs. What are the changes for horsemen and fans alike uh, as a result of COVID-19 and at the county fairs in Ohio? Okay, well, we, we just start with uh, the Paulding County Fair, the first fair. Uh, originally, they were to race Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday uh, with the uh, uncertainty of whether the Ohio Fairs Fund money was even going to come in this year, uh, they decided to eliminate uh, one night of racing in order to, to as a cost saver. And also, the, the fairs, the, the fairs uh, since March have had had very little income. I mean, uh, rentals at the fairs are a big thing, and they haven't been having any money come in. So uh, all the fairs are going to be a little uh, money tight this year. Uh, so we're trying to. Uh, cut down on the cost as much as we can. So with the Paulding County Fair, they they, slipped, they cut it back to two days of racing, eliminated Monday night racing, uh, going to just Tuesday and Wednesday. They eliminated three of the overnights that, that were on the program, and the other two overnights uh, that they're, they're keeping, uh, they reduced the purses on them slightly. Not not a great deal, but they did reduce uh, the purses a little bit on the, the two overnights that they did keep. And I think we're going to find uh, that's going to be uh, kind of, Say the way that the most of the fairs that, that I deal with are going to be doing this year, they're going to be uh, cutting out some of the overnight races and uh, and reducing the purses on some of the, the ones that they do keep. Uh, of course, another thing with a polling county fair, uh, no spectators are allowed. We, we have to abide by the uh, Ohio State Racing Commission's uh, protocols at this present time. And while po the polling county fair is going on, uh, no, no spectators are allowed at the races. So. And hopefully uh, some of those uh, conditions that we have to race on as the summer progresses into the early fall, uh, maybe we can get fans back at the county fairs. Well, we certainly hope so. Uh, that's, that's, that's the best way to have it is, is fans in the stands. Make no doubt about it. Well, Bill, uh, You've got a busy season, and it's probably what wraps up at uh, the end of Delaware, so to speak, in September. Right, the Delaware County Fair uh, is my last fair. That's the uh, that's the end of the season for me. But then, uh, once the once the fair season is over, uh, then I, we we have a, an awards banquet in in November. Uh, so once the fair season is over, then I have to prepare for the the awards banquet, uh, which you know is quite. A, we have a lot of door prizes to get, and, and uh, the the awards and the uh, for the uh, winner, the champions and runners up, and the leading driver and leading trainer and so on. Uh, getting those all uh, taken care of, and then uh, once again, once they that banquet is over, uh, then it's time to start preparing for the next year. It's a year-round job. Uh, Bill Peters, uh, besides harness racing, what else is in your life? Well, I've spent uh, 51 years as a school teacher. Uh, 30 years as a uh, before I retired, I was 30 years as a uh, high school mathematics and physics teacher, uh, and also I coached uh, 
uh, basketball and baseball for many years. I uh, had varsity basketball uh, 10 years and varsity baseball seven years. And then some, some uh, years prior to that, I was an assistant coach. Uh, and uh, I did uh, I did uh, do some farming for a few years, uh, for several years, I guess. And then I was also uh, trained uh, horses uh, for 31 years. I was an owner and trainer for 31 years from 1962 through 1992. Did you do any driving? No, I was just a trainer. My because uh, I my dad usually did most of the driving, uh, and because a lot of most of the time I was announcing the races. I would be announcing uh, the the races that were that where my horse was racing. <laughs> so. Well, I'll tell you one thing for sure: you always knew you were going to get a paycheck as you've been an announcer and everything else, uh, kind of up for grabs. And uh, it's uh, good that you took on announcing because uh, you can always count on that. Yep. I think both of us maybe kind of got into announcing uh, through our uncles. Uh, you, I think your uncle Don was the one that turned you loose uh, as an announcer, and, and my uncle Kermit was the one who talked the Polling County Fair into hiring me for my first job as an announcer. So. Do you remember that first race you called? I don't not I can tell you who won. I don't know that I can really remember, but I can tell you the horse that won. The horse's name was Don Chief. Uh, was the horse that won the first race. Uh, one one thing I probably my first night of racing, I probably had a couple things happen that not many people announcers could say. The first night I ever announced, I announced a race uh, in which a horse that had raced in the Little Brown Jug uh, raced that night. Uh, a horse named High Bay raced in the 1956. Uh, little brown jug and he raced in the free-for-all pace at polding the, the first night i ever announced races and then also uh the the pat boone movie april love uh at the at the beginning of that movie uh there's a little filly running out in the pasture maybe a couple of little fillies but one of the one of them was uh, a filly by the name of sharon town uh, and she won the sharon town uh won the free-for-all trot at polding that first night i ever announced now, this year, something new for the Ohio Fair Racing Conference, these races are going to be on Facebook Live and possibly even on YouTube as well. So uh, another step forward for county fair racing in the Buckeye State. It sure is. I think uh, it'll really, hopefully it'll expand so a lot of people see it. Uh, maybe we can, or hopefully we can pick up some new fans, people maybe that never had an exposure to harness racing before. And I think another big thing is uh, Tom Pye, uh, the Racing with the Stars guy for the High Harness Horsemen Association, is going to have uh, his. He's going to bring his text trivia and stump the expert and, and other uh, contests uh, along with this uh, live streaming. Well, Bill, good luck to you. Have fun because. Working with harness racing is a, a good, fun experience for one and all. It's a family affair, and uh, I know I look forward to it. You look forward to it. It's that fair racing season, and we wish you well in 2020. Uh, and hopefully uh, when we get to 2021, everything will be back to normal. Well, that would be certainly good. Okay, thanks, Roger, for having me on. When only the best is good enough, horse owners look to Tizwiz Nutrition. 
Your horse is an individual with its own needs suitable for its lifestyle, whether it's racing or relaxing. For over 60 years, Tizwiz has strived for nutritional excellence, delivering products that make a difference. There is a nutritional reason for everything that is put into Tizwiz feed. Take your racing stable to another level with Tizwiz. See the complete line of Tizwiz feeds at tizwizfeeds.com. Tizwiz, feed the best, outperform the rest. Thank you for listening to Top of the Stretch. Top of the Stretch is presented by Tizwiz. Feed the best, outperform the rest. Top of the Stretch podcasts are a presentation of the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association.